Welcome to the My Buddy Green podcast. I'm Jason Wachab, founder and co-CEO of My Buddy Green, and your host. Liz Stein is the founder and CEO of one of my all-time favorite brands, Purely Elizabeth. And Liz is one of my all-time favorite people, a magic combo. Purely Elizabeth is an all-natural and organic food company that creates products using the highest quality, nutrient-rich ingredients, and my personal favorite, chocolate peanut butter granola, is to die for. When Liz started Purely Elizabeth almost 11 years ago, she had one simple goal, create healthier, better-tasting alternatives to what was currently on the market. Fast forward, she went from regional retailers only to being featured nationally and growing purely elizabeth into one of the most innovative and fastest growing brands in natural consumer products we're so excited to have been on this ride with liz and today we're going to discuss how she balances business her personal well-being and how the last 11 years have changed the way she thinks about what quote unquote balance really means on this special business of well-being episode Liz, welcome. So good to see you. One of my favorite people from one of my favorite brands. Always a pleasure. Great to have you back. Thanks so much for having me back. Great to see you too. So look, we've we've been purely Elizabeth fans from the very early days. Um, And so the brands come so far and I'm so curious and the brands evolved. how has your relationship to the business evolved as well? Great question. <laughs> so we're, well, we're about to celebrate our 11 year anniversary in October, which is so hard to believe. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And, you know, it's certainly evolved from starting as a muffin and pancake business, which now <laughs> back in the game. Um, with that, who would have thought? But, you know, on a personal level, I would say that it really hasn't changed that much for me. So I started off with a very lean team for so long. And, you know, it first was my mom. And then there were two other people on our team who eventually moved uh, from New York to Boulder. And now we're a team of 27, so it's still pretty lean, but I'm still just as much involved in every aspect of the business, kind of as I was in the beginning. So it's still my baby, and it's all I can think about. <laughs> and so the passion's still there, the love is still there, all of that, it's, it's all that's still there. Because 11 years is a long time. Some people like some people who are, you know, at certain stages of the business was like 11 years. Oh, my God, I can't imagine that. I'll be so exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I need a little revitalized weekend. I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) Um, No, you know, I think the different phases of the business have just reinvigorated me every year. And it's learning something new. And it's adding more team members that know a lot more than I do. And so I'm learning from that as well. But, um, you know, I still love the creative side and that piece of it. And I also love getting lost in Excel. <laughs> well, so so you mentioned your mom and, you know, it brings me back to, you know, the early days of the business and just like your, your childhood. And, you know, how, how would you describe your, your personal food journey and how, that's that's evolved from you know in the kitchen with your mom to creating purely elizabeth 
to today and just like how how it informs uh, the choices you make, uh, you know, how you eat personally and products you bring to market. Yeah, so I always laugh that uh, I think it was in first grade, my mom had to call my teacher because I was eating hot dogs every day out of the cafeteria and that there was a little cause of uh, concern for that. And <laughs> that moment in my life, I would say I was generally a healthy eater growing up. You know, my parents never had restrictions on us as to, you know, what was allowed, what was not allowed. And my mom, I think pretty early on was into holistic health. I mean, she definitely was going to Kenyon Ranch, you know, 30 or 40 years ago, however long it was. So she definitely had this in the back of uh, her mind. And I think that definitely played a role for me. And so I think in those formative years, especially going to college, like I had a very healthy relationship with food because I didn't have those restrictions. And I know as you know, friends of mine were dieting or trying different trends, like that was never something that I got into. Um, and even doing the integrative nutrition program where they suggest, you know, try this diet, experiment and do that. I never did any of those. So I just never liked the idea of putting a label on myself and having that kind of restriction. And so my philosophy has really been like that 80-20 rule, which I would say now is a little bit more 70-30. But, um, you know, having that place of balance. And I think that that's really how I've approached purely Elizabeth and the, you know, recipes that we create and the products that we make. So how would you, if you had to describe your food philosophy, how would you describe it? I would say this right now, 70, 30 balance of a mostly plant-based anti-inflammatory gluten-free diet. Um, since I've been home, I've certainly been eating I, will, I would say, well, it's 70, 30, it's, it's better in the sense of I was on the road so much for work, you know, that being able to have the quality of food at home has been a really wonderful thing. But I um, would definitely lean more towards like a plant-based diet. Yeah, we're in the, we're in the same camp. We, we definitely, I, I still eat meat, but not, not that much. Um, Are you eating meat more now at home? Actually not. Uh, we're having a lot more, like I'm sure like a lot of people, a lot more uh, canned beans. Yeah. <laughs> we, we fry beans, like our, go we've actually become more of a strict, like Monday through Wednesday, we have sort of like our calendar uh, where Monday we do uh, romaine lettuce with wild salmon, a little Parmesan cheese and primal kitchen Caesar dressing. Yum. Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday it's broccoli and and cauliflower from whole foods, uh, roasted in the oven with a little Parmesan and either like some, uh, Gotham greens pesto or like some olive oil or black truffle oil, like every Tuesday. That, that's every that's Tuesday. <laughs> Wednesday is uh, we do the Whole Foods refried beans because they don't have any vegetable oils in them. Uh, 
with siete tortillas and cheddar jack cheese. So, so it's like our Mexican or our healthy quesadilla. And then from there, it's like, whatever. Uh, and I have to say, all of your products are make it, making it into our, oh, I'm coming home for an espresso and a snack or <laughs> <laughs> specifically Perfect. your chocolate. All things chocolate granola from you are amazing. Anyway, enough about me. I could go on with, with, our, with our quarantine food. Uh, a highlight, right? I know, I know. But like, so like in terms of, I, I think, you know, you're known for being an innovator in terms of ingredients, in terms of recipe development, but like curious, what's that recipe development process like? And specifically like kitchen to market, I'm curious about. So it's definitely, I mean, back to your first question of how the brand is involved. This is definitely a place where it's evolved. Um, you know, at the beginning, it was very much, I had an idea. And I think a lot of the flavors just came from, you know, experiences, eating out, having a great, you know, ice cream flavor or whatever that I had tasted and then like in my head conceptualized a flavor combination. And we would pretty much kind of would just go with it from there and execute. And so over the last, I would say two years, you know, certainly getting smarter around that, um, you know, really trying to have a launch plan and timing. I will say last year we were working on our collagen protein oats and we were going to work with our team um, in Minneapolis for a day to work on the formulation. And the night before that trip, it hit me while I was laying in bed, or I guess it was two nights before it hit me while I was laying in bed. You know, cauliflower is working in all these other places and pizza, et cetera. Why could it not work as an oatmeal replacement as so many people are eating grain-free? How would this work? And so I went on to Amazon in my bed that night, ordered freeze-dried diced cauliflower uh, on Amazon Prime to my hotel room and went to our R&D session and literally had about a half an hour left in the session. And I pulled out these freeze-dried cauliflowers and I was like, hey guys, can we try mocking this together and let's see what, you know, if this works. And sure enough, in 30 minutes, we had the formula and I sent off the samples to Whole Foods that next day and it was accepted um, for that following reset, which was about six months later. Wow. So, that, so that's that, certainly our fastest innovation. <laughs> I love I love that. And it leads me to, to two questions. And one of them is, you know, look, you've got a brand that's nationally distributed. You alluded to you can't just like make a decision in your kitchen and have it be implemented all over the place. So, you know, having a team having a brand that has distribution that has scale, it's a balance of, I'm curious, like how much do you rely on data and insights versus listening to your gut? It's definitely a balance between, uh, certainly at the beginning, it was all my gut. And now we're definitely looking at a little bit more of the data. Uh, to at least inform some initial decisions and then maybe a decision after it's launched, how's the product doing, you know, things of that nature. But as far as innovation, I think it's really hard because, you know, while data can inform, it's almost you're behind the times. If you're looking at data and you're probably going to be late to the game and it's also going to take a lot longer time. So if we say, Hey, we have this new product idea 
and we want to test it and do consumer research. I mean, to really do it right, that's how to do it. But at the same time, you're sacrificing that amount of time to get to market. And I've always felt, you know, my dad, I remember day one was like, this business is all about timing and it's being that first to market or, you know, whatever timing means to you. And so as we grow, we definitely have to have that fine line between being smart and looking at the data, but also still going with our gut and not taking too long, like all the big food companies do. Yeah, it's, well, it's an important point because if you sit around for too long looking at the data, you may be too late. Uh, and it is a balance because data is important and you can draw insights and valid conclusions that help you make you know, decisions about the business. But at the same time, if you rely on data for everything, you kind of lose some of the magic that yeah. allowed you to get to where you were to, you know, where you are today from the early days, you know, it, it's a balance. You don't want to lose that. Right. For sure. And it's also hard because we're oftentimes, you know, first to market in a lot of these products and innovative ingredients. And so sometimes it's waiting, you know, are we too early and have to wait a little bit? Or are we looking at the data and the data would say, you know, get out of this business right now, you are too early. But it's, I mean, to your point, I think it, it's really listening to your gut and saying, you know, what I find, what what is true to me of where this is going. So you mentioned cauliflower, and you've always been a leader in terms of leveraging old ingredients in new ways or finding new ingredients. I'm curious, what, what ingredients are you excited about right now? And are there also, are there any underrated ingredients that are everywhere we're just not thinking about? Well, I would say maybe an underrated ingredient is flax because I feel like flax. flax I love it super boring and like old school but from a fiber perspective i think i don't know from an ingredient standpoint where i would say like the trends are but i think from an overall still pre and probiotic and that gut health being such a huge category and how to really um, bring more of that like there's no doubt that that is true right and going with your gut no pun intended uh, so flax would fall into that camp of an underrated yet great ingredient to be using. I love it. Flax is cool again. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> is, is there anything that like we don't, we haven't heard of like really new or interesting to you? I, I think the area of plant-based proteins, uh, it's an area certainly that we you know, are always looking at how do we add protein to our products, where we have a lot of personal restrictions on like proteins that I wouldn't want to use. And so I'm constantly looking for like, what is that plant based protein that we could use? And I feel like there's just more options coming to market. Uh, right now, we're using an almond protein powder, which is a great option, but always looking at like, what's that next opportunity, an algae, a um, watermelon seed protein, you Ooh. know, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Watermelon seed. Algae's cool. I love algae. I think like sea veggies are having like a big come like I think they're awesome. Uh, but watermelon seed. Very intriguing. Yeah. I met somebody at I think it was Expo last year who showed us that ingredient, which had me quite intrigued. Remember that big show we all used to go to? <laughs> 
Seems like a lifetime ago. It does seem like a lifetime ago. Uh, so in terms of in terms of our world, the the food world, the natural product world, if you will, like what are some of like you know what what products what brands out there um th that you love that you think are interesting inspiring that you you know shop with your own dollars I'm, I'm curious who else do you admire in the space well i have to say that i've been as far as like products that i've been buying during this COVID time is really what comes to mind and the only items that are on repeat in my cart are your supplements. I, have <laughs> I love it. The NR Plus and the Magnesium for sleep. And I will be 100% honest in saying that I've never slept so well and during this COVID time. And I'm taking the magnesium every night. And when I don't take it, I'm not sleeping well. <laughs> you, are so, you are so kind. And thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I take them too. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, that's really on my repeat uh, in my cart, for sure. <laughs> um, I'm curious, like, where do you go? Like, when you're, like, out there, you know, and as an entrepreneur, I think we all get to places where, like, oh, I feel stale or, you know, oh, you know, I'm stuck. Where, where do you go? Like, is, is, it a, is it a place or is it a mental space? Like, where do you go as an entrepreneur when you have those moments? So it's a great question and one that I've been having a hard time dealing with, I think, during this time, because for me, being on the road, whether it was for work or for pleasure, was always that time that I felt like I felt and was the best and like was the most inspired. And whether that just meant going to a different restaurant and, you know, that it was inspiring to me and flavor combinations or seeing a new place. Um, or, you know, right now I'm actually in Park City with a friend of mine in the food industry and it's like that download of time just to have a different person to talk to and really um, have that open space of ideas and conversation. Uh, so it's definitely been a challenge over the last couple months, you know, not having that. And so while I've been home, I've kind of changed it a bit. And for me at home now, it's really been getting outside and hiking. And so being in Boulder has been amazing. And it's been amazing to at least have that time in Boulder because I was typically on the road so much that finding, you know, as many new hikes as I can. So it's that newness and a, really a space just to think. It's funny you mentioned restaurants because I remember, you know, before we got on, I was like, the last time I saw you, Colleen and I ran into you at Onda in LA in December. Yes, it was delicious. <laughs> right, like that's such a beautiful hotel and the whole, yeah. you know, that was such an inspiring space to me, just like sitting in that lobby. And then next to us, next to our table was like Marcus Samuelson and uh, Jonathan Waxman. Uh, you didn't you didn't know you didn't know that yeah so <laughs> you, you had your back to them so it was like us you and then Marcus Sam Marcus Samuelson Jonathan Waxman were having dinner and I think Marcus's wife <laughs> so lots of people were going to Onda for inspiration yeah. December 2019 <laughs> hopefully we can run into each other there again. <laughs> in the future so it, it it brings my my next question so 
you know, in, in, in terms of the pandemic and, uh, you know, what we're all dealing with it in different ways and we're all impacted in different ways, you know, how is it, ha- you know, how has it affected, you know, your relationship with food? You kind of touched on it a little bit and then, you know, learning from that time at home, like, what have you, what have you learned about you and like, and your relationship with food and the business and how that, you know, is translating to purely Elizabeth. Cause I would think like, you know, it's like you're at home, we're all at home a lot more. And like, you start thinking about like, well, what am I making? What's really important and so forth. So how has that changed your lens on, you know, product and, and, and the business? Yeah. So I think, you know, definitely as I was kind of saying before, from being on the road so much while I, you know, ate well, inherently I was eating out all the time. And so just having whatever ingredients I didn't know were my food, I felt like it's been so nice to cook so much. And I think probably up until June, I didn't do one takeout or Uber Eats delivery. So I was really cooking every night and meal planning. And that was just such a lovely way for me to unwind. And I, you know, I've always loved that kind of creative outlet in the kitchen, but I think it just amplified it so much more for me that not only like having the creativity, but also that I find it super relaxing. So it's almost, you know, my meditative time just to kind of not think about anything else other than chopping some vegetables. Uh, And, you know, along with that, I think certainly the cooking more, the baking more, like what, how does this translate into purely Elizabeth? And so we do have a new product coming out in September, October, and this truly will be our fastest innovation. Um, So it is going to launch directly on e-com first because to get it through regular distribution, we wouldn't be able to um, come out with it so quickly, but it definitely came straight out of quarantine time and being home. So I'm really excited about this one. It's definitely- What is it? What is it? And be something that I know everyone is gonna love to make at home. Can you share or do we have to wait? I think we have to wait. Okay. I think our marketing team would not be happy if I Okay, just... okay. We'll come back to that later. <laughs> we'll come back to it later. So you mentioned so you mentioned, you know, meal prep and meal planning. I-, I shared what we do. It's pretty boring every Monday through Wednesday. At least it's very exciting for Ellie, our three and a half year old. Uh she- kids love kids love <laughs> they all love schedules. Um what's what are I'm curious, what are some of your go to's? So I definitely don't have go-tos, which is interesting. (laughs) I I mean, I'm a huge person on Pinterest, so I love to look at Pinterest for inspiration. But then I've been watching a lot of Top Chef, and I've been trying to, like, challenge myself every time just to be like, okay, here's the ingredients in the fridge. How am I going to use up whatever I have and make it different? And I've been really... uh, also during this time, like not wanting to waste a single banana or whatever it is. And so just trying to use up the ingredients that I have in creative ways. But I think probably the underlining thing is like always having some greens in whatever meal that I'm making. That's my one like go-to, I need to have this in my lunch or my dinner. So what's, let me ask you this, what's like the most interesting thing you've concocted during uh, 
quarantine that you remember like, oh, wow, that was better than I thought or, oh, that was interesting? Good question. Um, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is the bro- this broccoli bake. And I did make this a couple times, actually, because it was so good. So it was broccoli, some pesto that I had in my freezer, feta, sun-dried tomatoes, onions, and lemon and capers, and kind of mixing all that together and then roasting it. Ah. So I, I, on on the, the, the meal prep, I have to ask you, so... We got to talk pancake mix. Yes. Do you have like a favorite like version of what, how you make your own pancake mix for all our pancake lovers who are listening? And I know you're out there, you know, <laughs> I know you're out there because we're all secret. We're all pancake lovers. Well, I would say of our three, the protein with collagen is probably my favorite of the three. Right. And then... I go back and forth between making sweet and savory. So this morning, I actually made them, or yesterday, but I took them out this morning. I made them as a a waffle, and I put a little bit of a uh, frozen shredded Gouda cheese in the batter because we don't have any sugar. So it's really, you know, the batter isn't sweet. So I put a little Gouda, made the waffle, and then spread avocado on top and made a little sandwich with it it was heaven a waffle avocado sandwich on the plane on the plane (laughs) quickly before i had to put my mask back on that's it so but you know that i've always been wanted to make a bread has been something we've wanted to do forever so this was my kind of version of a great bread substitute waffle version do I do I see a waffle bread in your future? Yeah, it came to me this morning on the plane. It might be. So <laughs> I'll remember this day. We'll remember this day. It's funny. So what Ellie, our three and a half year old, loves to do with with uh, your waffles, uh, just almond butter. Classic. Yeah, just a classic. She put almond butter and everything. We like that it's not syrup, so yeah. we're encouraging. We're like, yeah, throw as much nut butter as you want on it. Um, so, you know, you know, this, I know this, any entrepreneur who's listening knows this, you know, when you love what you do, work and life become one. And especially now when everyone's working from home, that could potentially be very challenging. How do you establish some sort of separation or do you just say, you know what, I'm going all in. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm going to lose this battle. <laughs> how, how, what does that look like for you in, in our, our COVID world right now? I think I've sur- I probably surrendered about 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I surrendered 10 years ago and that it's like so hard to really separate. And I'm sure you feel the same. It's like it's the weekend and nothing shuts off. I think where I've gotten better over the last couple of years is really knowing what I need to feel good in my body in order to be a better business person at the same time. And so I think for the first couple of years, I remember like not getting out of my workout clothes in the morning and never actually working out and then never leaving that chair the rest of the day. And Today, knowing that like I know I need to work out in the morning, that's a non-negotiable for me to feel good and do my best in the day. Or, you know, maybe I need to go 
you know, while we've been home midday and go on a walk and have that time to open my mind and think, but then also knowing that, you know, work doesn't shut off. And so if that means that I'm on my computer at night or on the weekends, you know, it, it, it's just a balance of that time, really. You've come to terms with it. I've come to terms with it, for <laughs> sure. sure. But sure. It, I'm sure you feel the same. It, but like when you love it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel burdensome in any way. No, and I, I think for us, uh, for Colleen and I, I think we, we don't turn off. We acknowledge it. I think like what will, I think what what has you know, having having two little kids helps. But I think at night, what we've tried to do is like what, what everyone in wellness will say not to do is like, don't watch TV at night. And like for us <laughs> actually watching like Netflix at night helps us unwind and just like get our mind off of work. And I think you hit that, like just getting outside. Uh, but I don't know any entrepreneurs that are able to just shut it, shut it down completely. Yeah. It's just, I don't, I don't know any. Um, I and to your point about Netflix, it's like I need to find a really great show on Netflix to not have me like looking at my computer at the same time. So, so, what, so what are you watching on Netflix, Liz? <laughs> I just binged Outer Banks. Oh I wow! I, I I know that I know that's very popular. Okay, good. So it, it was very good. I watched it in two days. <laughs> We started watching. Well, we, we blew through all the Narcos, all the Narcos series. Uh, we just started watching the new Zac Efron. Oh, how is that? Series. I that's on the list. Uh, it's interesting. It's good. One of the like, it's got a nice, you know, wellness slant. Uh, so it's interesting. We're we're early. It's early, but so far, so far, it's interesting. So far, it's interesting. We'll have to check that out. Did so, you watch Pitt's Creek? I have not. Okay. Well, that's a good quarantine at home. I have to. So Uplifting show. We go for like the doc, like, well, me personally, I love documentaries. Yeah. So like, and, and I'm just fascinated by all the, uh, some of the drug ones. Cause it's just like <laughs> astounding to me how yeah. powerful and big these cartels were. It's just like unbelievable. And obviously we as a country have spent billions of dollars on the war on drugs and it's gone nowhere. So like something's, something's, <laughs> not, working. something's not working. Um, so as entrepreneurs, it's, it's always great to get uh, perspectives from other people because it can be lonely. It is lonely sometimes. I'm curious, like what's, what's the, the best advice you've gotten recently saying like the past six months or a year from someone well it's funny i would i would say the first thing that comes to my mind is a, again back to my dad's statement from day one of it's all about timing and just it's very relevant right now for me but um and then the other interesting thing that really resonated with me i was listening to a recent podcast and uh I can't remember who the name is right now who was mentioning it, but he was saying how problems are the definition of business. You know, you're never not going to have problems. And it's really how 
you go through and solve those problems and the, the team that you go and solve them through that makes you like that successful business person. And so I just thought that was a really great perspective and a way that in general, I've always viewed like one of the other great pieces of advice was that business is going to be this roller coaster and how to really stay as even keeled as possible because it's hard to really innovate and be in that like flow state if you're constantly up and down energetically. So this, I thought, really married the two of them well. I, I love that. Someone once told me, I don't remember who, but I, someone once told me, you know, because I think as an entrepreneur, you're always thinking of like the next milestone, the next goal, and this is going to be better. And the reality is, you're, you're, what I was told is your, your problems don't go away. They just change. Yeah. Which is great. true for life. For sure. <laughs> Good catch all. So I know you've got a new product coming out in September and your marketing team will kill you if, if you tell us what that is, but what? I could tell you one other product. Okay. Have. Yeah. I was going to say like, what's next for the brand? Like, tell us like, where, where are you going? Where are you traveling? So we do have a new granola coming out in Ooh. September and this was really uh, a line extension on our probiotic granola. Yes. So that, you know, this was pre-COVID and immunity, but then it felt even more timely as we realized that it was launching now and just, you know, hopefully people understanding the importance of the proactive immunity right now is so important. And so we have a honey almond coming out with probiotics and it only has four grams of sugar. So. Wow. All, all of our granolas are low. You know, one of the biggest things that we hear from customers is even lower coconut sugar counts. So we're really excited. Um, you know, honey is such a mainstay flavor profile that this will be great to be able to appeal to people. You know, we have our chocolate sea salt, but sometimes that might be more indulgent or maybe not. <laughs> That's just my go to. Yeah. So this, this is coming out in September and then we'll have our our new other product coming out beginning of October. I'll just, I'll just, you know, pretend it's waffle, waffle bread. <laughs> I wish we could be that fast with the waffle bread. I'm, plan I'm planting the seed. I'm planting the seed. It could be cauliflower, uh, flax based waffle bread. I love it. I no, love it. It'll be clear that no one will ever do that. So I think we're the, <laughs> you'll be first. You'll be first. Well, we definitely are working right now as far as like bigger buckets for 2021 and 2022 in some new so, categories. So what do you mean by bigger buckets? Or I guess just bigger buckets as like looking at a category and saying, you know, when we look at a category, I want to say, is there white space? Is there an opportunity for us to kind of elevate and or dejunk that category? Uh, and what feels right so you know bread has been on that list for a long time um and looking at a couple others as well can you please do a sourdough bread we're trying okay i love it um you got customer number one and i think you have a lot of people listening who would buy that so sign us up get the All email right. get the email capture on purelyelizabeth.com early access <laughs> perfect so I'm curious, like in terms of categories and just trends in food, like what's what's interesting to you? What do you think we're going to be talking about in a, in a year from now or so? What's on your radar? I mean, I hope 
hopefully the silver lining of COVID is going to be that greater focus on immunity and kind of in our world, maybe our wellness 2.0, what does that look like? So definitely more on the prebiotic, probiotic gut health, um, really more on bringing function to food, which is something we've been trying to do. But it was interesting last week, I even had a, a call with our Walmart buyer who said like, yeah, our consumers are looking for this. And so to be able to hear that from someone mainstream, like Walmart and wanting to bring that in was huge and really exciting. I think also coming back to your magnesium and sleep, you know, sleep also being such a foundational part of our health and wellness and like something we kind of easily can control. Like you don't have to fight against, I want this sugary thing and fight against that donut. Like you just got have to go to sleep <laughs> and maybe take a magnesium supplement to do it better. But you know, what other ways are there, you know, functionally like that to be able to help people on their sleep journey and having that better sleep. hundred percent agreed. Um, so I'll close with a congratulations on your 11 year anniversary. And in honor of that, my last question, if you could go back in time on day one and give yourself advice, what advice would that be? It's all going to work out. Yes. And, and cauliflower flax based waffles are in the future. <laughs> it's all going to work out and like, don't sweat the small stuff really. I mean, as I think that it's just so true. I think it's really that finding that even keeled and knowing the ups and downs. But I think if you have passion behind something, it's going to, come to life. Amen to that. And on that note, like, you know, we have a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to the podcast or people with side hustles, you know, any, any other words of advice to people listening who are, you know, fighting a good fight right now? What, 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 what words of advice do you have for, for those people? You know, I think, for me starting out, I was really fortunate to like get thrown into it right away. We got great press, like we won a business. And so I didn't have a business plan and I just went. And so I think that's really the most important thing that I can say to other entrepreneurs that so many people get caught up in making everything perfect. I can't do this till I have the business plan or X, Y, and Z. The other fact of knowing there's going to be problems is knowing that you're going to mess up. So... <laughs> You know, it's good just to go with it and start and then take that risk and evolve as you go. I actually think where we are today with COVID, I think it's a becoming a, a good time to start a business because there was just this tectonic shift. And I think we're starting to, to see how the things are shaking out, even though things change every day here. But like it, it actually, I think, is a decent time. To, to start a business. For sure. And you can devote the time and the real thought behind it too. Well, thank you so much for being on. We love you. We love all things Purely Elizabeth. We are so excited for the products we don't know about <laughs> coming out. I'm voting for my sourdough bread. Uh, but again, thank you. Uh, we love you. We're such huge fans and congratulations on your 11 year anniversary. 
Thank you so much for having me. I love you guys too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.